Welcome to this episode of Reddit Guy. The subreddit we will listen to today is called r slash malicious compliance. Our first post of this episode comes from Voxanani's and it's titled Manager Wouldn't Let Me Leave to Catch the Shuttle Early. Dot. First post but here goes. This was a few years ago now. It was my first job out of college and I was an administrative assistant for some people, one of which was my direct boss. She very obviously didn't like me. There were tons of issues and false reporting, including assuming that any screw-up was my fault. I don't know why, there was never a past incident to make her think that. She never believed me when things got cancelled or when things weren't received on time. But I always had the email chains to prove it to which she always said it wasn't my fault, this time. Anyways, I had to shuttle from my parking lot to the office building. The shuttle ran every 15 minutes but tends to get there early. Now in this role, I didn't have a formal time punch to clock in on. Instead I would put my hours in a timesheet at the end of the week. I always filled the timesheets in the same, putting 8 to minus 4 to 30p to total my 40 hours. But I tended to leave the physical building a few minutes before 4.30 so I could catch the 4.30 shuttle. The other co-supervisor type of person knew this and said it was fine. One day I get a call while I'm on the shuttle to handle something in the office. I apologize and say that I had already left for the day and was on the shuttle. She said, it's 4.27, you should be working until exactly 4.30. I explained that I leave a few minutes early to catch the shuttle, otherwise I would have to wait for the next one to come at 4.45 and it was made clear I wasn't paid for when I stayed past 4.30. I also explained that I also get in before exactly 8am so I was confident it made up the difference she didn't believe me and wanted me to start recording M exact time in and to stay until exactly 4.30. At the same time also, I was not allowed to exceed my 40-hour work week. So I did. I started putting in the exact time that I got into the office in my timesheet. And as it turns out, I was getting in way sooner than the few minutes I was leaving early to catch the shuttle. Friday comes and I can't work more than my assigned 40 hours. I tell her that I need to leave early today to make sure that I was still at the hour cap. Since I was coming in a few minutes early every day and not leaving until exactly 4.30, I had to leave about a half hour early that week. She was annoyed for sure but let it go this went on for a couple of weeks. But one week we had an event I had to come in early to help with. That early arrival plus my usual early time into the office meant that I had to leave a full 90 minutes early on Friday in order to keep my 40 hours standard. It just so happened that this Friday was when we had a new team member move into our offices. I was helping with the office set up and told her I had to go. It wasn't even 3 o'clock and I was in the middle of a task. I explained that if I stayed longer I would be over my 40 hours and would need to be paid for overtime. Now she was pissed. She said there is no reason I should leave this early. I explained that per her request I have been keeping track of when I arrive at the office and also not leaving until exactly 4.30 during the week. But since I was not overtime eligible I needed to leave now. And she was left to finish moving the new person in by herself. Unfortunately aside from this one small victory, nothing changed. I requested a meeting with HR, not reporting her yet but hoping to work it out, and my manager came with documentation arguing I was performing poorly. I pointed out flaws in her documentation, but the HR representative said that since I didn't have paperwork to prove it, she sided with my manager. For our next meeting with HR, I was prepared and brought an extensive folder of documentation to show my side of the story, per HR's request and they told me we didn't need to look at my documentation because it wasn't important or relevant. Towards the end of the meeting I asked what I was supposed to do next. 
The HR member said to let it be, or just quit. The very next day I put in my notice. The next post from Potted Plant 2002 is titled The Revenge of the Marconi Operators. I went to a strict private school growing up. Someone decided that the school children weren't eating their lunch during the lunch period because we were talking too much. The school responded by outlawing talking during lunch. We all filed into the lunchroom and ate lunch in silence like little criminals. Lunch was one of the few periods where we were allowed to talk anyway, so being forced to eat lunch in silence made the day very dull and sad. The lunch ladies placed little red blocks in the middle of our lunch tables as visual indicators that we weren't allowed to talk, and kids who were caught talking or passing notes, had recess taken away. Well, this was an old school, with a huge library of old books. School administration found out the hard way that knowledge is power. At some point in the distant past, Morse code must have been taught as an elective, because there was still a complete set of instructional books in the library. I was a huge history fan, and I knew about Morse code from reading about the Titanic. I pitched my idea to my friend group. Our teachers said we couldn't talk or pass notes, but they never said no Marconi. We decided the best way to make dashes and dots, was to tap messages on the table with any hard object we had available, or knuckles. Hand signals were also used to indicate the pause between complete letters. We took turns tapping out messages, using the code books as quick reference, and memorized them in our spare time. The activity became so popular with my class that you had to be looking at the person who was sending the message. There was so much tapping going on at adjacent tables. Table-to-table communication was nearly impossible. As you can imagine, sending the message took a long time and normally consisted of only a few short words, often with confusing results, but skirting the rules was most of the fun. The lunch ladies didn't know what we were doing at first, and probably just thought we were idly tapping things on the table. One of them finally noticed one of our code books. Her eyes got real big, and a light bulb went on. A few days later, the blocks were gone, and we were allowed to talk again. The next post from FGZ Clunk is titled You Want to Apply Non-Existent Contract Penalties and Want Support. Many years ago I was a freelance software developer. I identified an opportunity with a local company that needed a custom application developed. I submitted a competitive price to write what they wanted in Visual Basic, I would write the code and they would develop all the reporting using the package of their choice. Despite the rest of the world using Crystal Reports for VB reporting they wanted to use a product that they thought they knew. I got awarded the work and sent him a copy of my standard T and C's and they sent me a purchase order for the work. My contract specified that there were no penalties for late delivery but I would provide support for the code for six months from delivery, their purchase order stated penalties but no support. I made a mistake of not getting signed off requirements before I started working and scope crept, as it always does. They also found that the Windows version of the reporting tool was significantly different to he DOS tool they were familiar with. They decided to seek my advice on what to use instead, of course I suggested what the rest of the world offered. Halfway through the project the managing director of the company changed. The new guy was not as amiable and when the project finally got delivered, mainly because they kept changing their requirements, he decided to invoke the non-existent contract penalties. I said my contract says no penalties and he replied his PO had penalties. I was angry and walked out of the meeting without handing over the code. Overnight I thought about it and returned the following morning to hand over the code as we had agreed. I did not want to give them an excuse to take me to court. I walked in and handed over the code. We then got to talk about the payment. 
he wanted to deduct 20% from the full cost so I pointed out that if he wants to deduct 20% as per his PO then he would not get any support. He asked me how much would it cost for the support, being a reasonable person I said 20% of the original cost. I walked out with my check for the full amount. In case there is not enough MC in the above, the support terms were that I would get informed of any issues by 5pm Friday. I would then have the weekend to look at the issue and inform them on Monday if it would take more than 14 days to fix the problem, otherwise I had to fix all bugs and return the fixed code 14 days after they were reported. If they missed the 5pm deadline I would have another week to fix. Invariably I fixed all the issues the weekend they sent him to me and then sat on the fixes for 14 days before sending him back. The next post from Take It Easy is titled Don't Adjust Any Settings. If you say so. My nephew Jeff, just unleashed a juicy MC. He works for a gas station car wash, in charge of vacuuming the interior of cars before lining it up for the automated wheel rail. He had put in his two weeks notice so he gave zero fucks at this point. The regular customer from hell, Chad, an all-around jerk who constantly berates and belittles the wash staff, drives up, shouts at everyone, I don't want any of you degenerates to mess with any of the settings in my car like last time. It just so happens that the shift manager was there and heard everything. Jeff politely interjects to ask, what about the... Chad cuts him off, I spoke clear English, didn't I? Throwing shade at Jeff's Hispanic co-workers who didn't speak perfect English. The shift manager, indifferent as always, says, you heard the customer, get cracking. Jeff vacuums, lines the car up without touching any of Chad's settings, leaving the sunroof fully open just as Chad had left it. Seeing his drenched and sudsy interior, Chad loses it and makes physical contact with Jeff, his co-workers actually called the police but that's irrelevant to the MC, as he cusses him out in front of everyone. The shift manager along with the wash staff attested to the station supervisor that Jeff carefully followed the customer's detailed instructions, making sure to mention Jeff's attempt to point out the open sunroof. Lowly degenerate car wash attendant, one jackass customer, zero. The next post from Anfi UOC UK again is titled I am not eligible to use the hired cars. Okay. Dot. As I read more and more of these stories I am reminded of some of the crazy rules at the tech startup companies I have work at. I was traveling a lot for a startup game company back before Uber was a thing, so if you weren't driving you used public transportation or a taxi, shuttle service to the airport. I was traveling out of the country every few weeks and had to be at the airport early, so public transportation wasn't an option. My company had a private car and transportation company they used frequently and I became friends with the owner. I lived about 50 miles from the airport and he offered to pick me up in the early morning and take me to and from the airport for $45 each way, in San Francisco 2010 this was an insane deal. A week after the first time I used him I was called in by my leadership stating that the hired cars are only for executives or else I could pay out of my own pocket and not be reimbursed. I explained that BART, Bay Area train system, didn't run early enough for me to take it and asked if I could use a taxi. They said no and I needed to drive myself. I told them that mileage, bridge toll and parking at the airport would cost a lot more than what the car service was charging. I was usually out of town for at least a week. I was told again that the hired car service was only for executives. Fine. Time for some MC. There was more than one way to the airport, so I made sure to take the long way adding another 30 miles each way. Airport parking at the time was $20 per day I believe, maybe a little less. My first trip after my talking to I was gone for 10 days. 
Mileage at 51 cents p.m. minus $82 bridge toll minus $5 parking minus $200 This actually went on for a couple more trips before I was asked about the expenses. This was one of the few times they realized their rules were stupid and changed things. My company communicated that they were going to start contracting hired cars for early morning commutes to the airport. Great idea boss. I had a post before about the same company and there were a lot of comments about tax implications and proper coding of expenses, etc. Just remember, this was a tech startup, growing exponentially. There were no regulations, they weren't public and had no one to answer to at the time. They made the rules based on whose turn it was to grab the microphone and stir shit up. Back then, there was a lot of MC going on and luckily, a lot of it resulted in better policies based on common sense and data. The next post from Fletcher Markan is titled No Dessert. But a drink is okay. Right you are then. Dot. TL. DR. Edit. After merging with a big company our new boss took 7 PPL out for dinner. He didnt want to buy dessert, on company budget, but allowed for one more drink. So I'll order the inexpensive drink on the menu then. I decade ago ago I was working for a small company of 7 PPL. Very solid bunch that stood by each other. Three months after I started we were acquired by a larger company. So we get a new manager, Mr. Bootstrap. All is well, we are a solid group and work well together but the new manager is not playing ball. Very stiff on the wallet and such when we needed basic equipment like keyboards and screens and chairs and stuff. Get to the point will you. So, on to the MC. We had a division day out to up the spirits with the new manager and it ended with a dinner. When it was time for dessert, the manager said, oh no. This has been a pretty expensive day already, but I'll allow one drink more. I got the drinks menu from the waiter, order one glass of Priyati fine whiskey. And the looks on my friends' faces was priceless, not sure Mr. Bootstrap noticed until later. Gosh darn it was a good whiskey. And a lot more expensive than the dessert I didn't get. Thanks Mr. Bootstrap, that was one heck of a drink I'll probably never indulge in again. Update. There seems to be some PPL assuming this was a small company with a small budget we merged with. Not at all, compared to us. They were well off, this we knew. And they, got our company cheap as I later found out. They were just being cheap towards everybody. The way our new MNGR claimed an expensive day, there at the table did not go down well with our old manager who was with us there. Even though he did not act on it then and there, but it was obvious he was mad about it. I mean we were only seven going out and the company was paying for it. Oh and the drink wasn't that expensive. Just the most expensive they had on the menu. Sadly they didnt serve milkshakes. Today's last post from Moby Dick is titled Don't Clock Out Late. No problem. I worked for a hotel chain restaurant as a busboy, and had lots of other little side jobs besides working the floor, mostly helping to move stock off of pallets and stuff like that. Sometimes I would clock out a little late if shipments came in later or it was a busy day plus large shipment always guaranteed another hour on the clock. We got a new manager who looked at my time card during her first fortnight as a new manager. She was real aggressive with me, asking me why I clocked out so late, like, so what's up, you're playing video games on the clock for an hour. Him, you just hanging out getting paid. The rec room had video games. I explained that I was unloading pallets and she said, you're a busboy, that's not your job. You clock out at nine. We have a payroll to make and we can't do it with people working extra hours because they didn't work hard enough during their shift. Okay, fine. Finally, about a month later, it was summertime, and we get this really late delivery of a bunch of dairy items. The head chef received all, and then had me start unloading it. 
This is at 8.45 p.m. I told him, Chef, just to be clear, Miss Weatherby said that I have to clock out at 9. Chef. Well, I need this thing unloaded. Me. I've got 15 minutes and then I get in trouble if I'm not clocked out. Chef. Do your best. 8.46 p.m. Go get the dolly. The dolly was taken by the banquet people, so I find it and start moving stuff. 8.53, first load on the dolly. 8.58, unloaded and back to the pallet. At 8.59, I stopped what I was doing, left it all there, and walked directly to the punch card machine. 9pm on the dot, I punched out. The next day I got a call from the hotel's general manager, asking me why I left all the dairy on the pavement. It was left out overnight, and hundreds of dollars worth of stock was spoilt. Yes, I had to clock out at 9pm. GM. Did you think it was a good idea to leave the milk outside? Me, no. GM, then help me understand why you didn't put everything away. Me, Miss Weatherby was very specific that I was not to clock out late to unload pallets. She said that's not my job. GM, did it occur to you that the chef needed to know this? Me, I told him I needed to clock out at 9pm. GM, we've lost hundreds of dollars and wasted all this food. Me, I would like to go back to the way it was instead of having to clock out right at 9pm on my evening shifts. GM, don't do this again, clock out when the job's done. Outcome, nobody ever mentioned it, and from them on I clocked out when I needed to. Not a real juicy outcome but it was still nice to have happened.